Hannah, did you just tell Leo that you pooped in China? Yeah. When, when did you do that? Uh, I pooped everywhere in the whole entire universe. You, you pooped everywhere in the whole entire universe? Yeah. It was... <laughs> just like that? That's crazy. That's crazy. You know, one of the shirts that I have at... um thethoughtcriminal.com is I pooped in the sky. I forget which, which, but do you think I've ever pooped in the sky, Leo? No. So Hannah is three years old. How old are you? I tell you have. Three. Okay. And, uh, you have because you can poop on an airplane. So that's why I said I've pooped in the sky, right? Because I actually have, right? Isn't that true? Mm-hmm. How have you pooped on a cloud? I have a whole bunch of shirts that say outrageous things that happen to be true. Did you guys know that? I have a line of shirts called The Thought Criminal. <laughs> you, you really didn't know, did you? Mm-mm. They have the picture of Buddha on the back. Because Buddha. Because Buddha. <laughs> what's funny about Bo- Buddha? Buddha. Booty Buddha. What, is, was Buddha a comedian? Was he a was he, guys? Was he some comedian that I didn't know about? No, he wasn't. He wasn't any stinkier than anyone else. What? Audience, these children are three and six years old, and I've never talked to them about Buddha before. Buddha is a stinky Buddha. No, he's not. I do not. Why do they call him Buddha? Why do they call him Buddha? Oh my gosh, now I need a Buddhist on the program. Anyway, has or has not Hannah pooped everywhere in the universe? True or false? False. False. Leo Gabriel Shippon, Dr. Leo Gabriel Shippon, the jury is asking you, why is it false? Because. She has never been everywhere. She has been to places, but never everywhere. I even pooped on Donald Trump. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I believe you. You, No, you never even met Donald Trump. Oh, no. I'm sure that she pooped on Donald Trump. (laughs) Do you know how I know that? Because Hannah has pooped before. Listen to me. Hear me out. I know. What do you think? She's a baby? She's an idiot? She's pooped before, right? I know, but she hasn't pooped everywhere. Well, it depends on how close you are maybe to the like, target. Maybe like, oh, I get it. She pooped in the drains and then the drains led up to the playground. <laughs> <laughs> That's one way. You're exactly right, Leo. Say good job, Leo. Good job, Leo. Because the poop does go in the drains. Say it. The poop goes in the drain. You're just like, <laughs> you guys are gross. All right, so listen. So since the poop goes in the drain, what's that mean? It goes to different places. And then it gets reabsorbed into the what? Water. Into the water, into the earth. Yeah, and it gets, and then it gets cleaned, and then it becomes something else. That's right. And then it gets
it becomes, just for the record, that is that it becomes a burp train. Like a locomotive wait, wait. full of burps. Wait, imagine, yeah. imagine, wait, wait, imagine if it goes into something called the Stinky Zone. The Stinky Zone? And the stinky zone. Stinky zone. That's really interesting, Leo. Okay, so we're going to have to meet some people who work in the stinky zone. <laughs> Do you think that there are workers in the stinky zone? Yeah. No, because it smells so bad. No. Nope. You can die. Mm. There are people who work in the stinky zone. I guarantee it. And we're going to learn about them. Is there such thing as the stinky zone? Absolutely. They're called water treatment plants. Okay. <laughs> We're going to learn about them, okay? And we are also going to talk about that if you poop in one place, <laughs> you poop everywhere. <laughs> How? Because everything's connected to everything else, right? Go, go, poop. <laughs> so, wait. I'm just going to tell you something really far out. Technically. Dude, why would, the, why would poopy go down the drain? I would just be like... Toilet, get my pee. <laughs> hey, um, 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 when you put water on it would be a water poop. Good joke, Hannah. No, it will be diarrhea. Uh, guys, I feel like this is going to become diarrhea. So this is diarrhea of the mouth. And now call this episode diarrhea delight. Diarrhea delight what of the mouth. Yes, yeah, like my character on Xbox. And, and Good job, Hannah, rescuing us from ourselves. All right, welcome to American Unity Radio. I don't know what we're going to talk about, but thanks to the kids, we have an opening for the program. I hope you enjoy this program, which is actually going to be about... What do you think? This ep- Listen with listening teeth, <laughs> as opposed to wisdom teeth. Yeah, listening teeth, like like teeth listening to did them. I, Daddy, listening to teeth? teeth. Yeah, listening, um, like teeth the teeth, um, listening to its mommy. Wow. Speaking of teeth, my two front teeth are loose. Yay! Oh, good job, Leo. And listen. Maybe we should have a whole episode about listening to mommy. Huh? <laughs> Let's have a whole episode about that. What do you think? What do you mean? We're going to have a whole episode about why it's important to listen to your mom. <laughs> well, guys, what do you think? Can we make an episode Wait. like that? Mama, poopy <laughs> Well, I'm going to do it. Because you know what? I'm more mature than the children, even though most people... Most people accuse me not of being more mature. Okay, so welcome to American Unity Radio, and the episode is about listening to your mom. Uh, uh, did you hear that? She doesn't want to listen to her mom. But that doesn't mean we all shouldn't. We all should. So let's talk about listening to our moms on American Unity Radio. I'm Dr. Randolph Shippon, and you are welcome to traipse through my mind anytime. Join us on the program anytime you wish.
AmericanUnityRadio.com. Coming up, listening to your mom on our podcast. Hi. Hi. Who are you? I'm your wife. Where are we? We're laying in bed being super quiet so we don't wake up the kids. Because... This is the first tiny little bit of quiet we've had in about 14 hours. That's amazing. Yeah. You actually gave me a lot of quiet today, and I appreciate the gift of the quiet you gave me today. You let me put out, go out on my boat. I wrote a song on my boat, which I'm going to have on this episode. And I wanted to thank you for also taking the kids today to your mom's house so that I could get some work done. And um, all the things that you do, like all the time for me, in every way that you do it, I just wanted to express my gratitude to you, even though you're tired, and even though you're really ready for this day to be over, mm-hmm. I think that you are amazing, and I think that everything that you do as a new certified trainer uh, through the um, National Association of Sports Medicine. Uh, uh, I believe that your website is what? What do we call that website now? Best, Best self, self dash fitness dash fitness.com. Yeah. You are a personal trainer and you're helping moms get more fit, right? Mm-hmm. And what else do you want to tell me about that business right now? Um, well, it's something that I've really been interested in for the past 20 20- years or so and you know I just kind of feel like the time is right I just feel like the planets are aligning in my favor so I'm just gonna see what happens I'm gonna just do my best put it out there and see what happens I think it's great and you've already had such a great response from the people who've been involved in your classes so far Mm -hmm. so I want you to know something Mm. I'm very proud of you and I don't say that in a patronizing way I I mean it like I'm proud of you like I'm proud that you're doing what you're doing and I think it's amazing and even though I'm not your model fitness person or dietary person it doesn't matter because I still think you're amazing and this is our cat Beanie who has decided to join the conversation Beanie how are you yeah how are you are you doing well It's good to see you, Beanie. Okay. So listen, I have something I need to ask you. Okay. It's really important for this episode. Okay. All right, Beanie, you too. Here it is. I know you're dying. You just can't wait to go to bed. I know. I know. All right, but imagine there's a future Mm -hmm. in which we can't tell the kids something. And you want them to know it. And you want them to know it for the rest of their lives. What would you tell your kids as a mom so that it could be remembered forever? Am I telling them as kids or as adults? Mm-mm. As adults. So, in other words, this is for posterity's sake. What would you tell your kids as a mom? Right now? Mm-hmm. I'm curious. Or, or at any point in their future. Well, I think that the important part now I don't know it's such a weird time in our 
life. I mean, not just our life, but like the world's life. It's just such a weird time to be. And we're lucky that there's so little, six and three. And, you know, they're like in their little happy bubble. They don't really know what they're missing. Like if they were high school kids, they'd they'd know what they're missing this year, you know? But they don't know what they're missing because they've never experienced, you know, too much of our real world stuff. And and I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful they're in their bubble. And, uh, you know, a lot of the things that I would want them to know as adults, I couldn't tell them now because they're unable to grasp it, like developmentally, you know? I want them to be kind to each other. I want them to be each other's best friends, to have each other's back. I didn't have, like, the closest... I don't have the closest relationship with my siblings. I love them, but I'm not close to them. And, you know, I know people who are, like, really close with their siblings, and I really want that for them, you know? You know, it's not too late. I mean, we just saw your brother, uh, your one brother, and and his family, and we had a very nice night with them, and I I miss your other brother, too. I know he's very um, concerned about the virus and visiting people and stuff, but um, your brothers are wonderful people, and your your sister-in-law, Des, and everybody associated with your family who I've met has been somebody that I want to stay close to, so maybe all that means is that we have to just tell them about it and, and have them you know, know that the door is always open to them, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I wonder if you would have anything specifically to say to the boy versus the girl. Well, you know what I say to Leo a lot? You know, he's the older brother, and he's kind of mean to her. You know, I'm the youngest sister with two older brothers, so, I mean, I know that's, like, nature. But I've often said to him when he's mean to her, he pinches her, or he makes her cry, you know, and I know he can't grasp this now, but I say, I've said it more than once. I said, you know, you're her model for what she's going to look for and her future. I said, if you're mean to her all the time... She's going to get used to that, and that's what she's going to look for. And I ask him, I'm like, do you want her to marry someone who's mean to her all the time? Hmm. And he said, no, 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 of course not. I said, well, you don't get it, but you need to be nice to her so she knows what she deserves in life. You know? You need to, to teach her that, you know, she deserves a good man, a good partner, not a good man, but a good partner who will have her back, who will know respect her and and treat her well and and teach her to respect her partner as well you Mm. know and I think that's super important you know do we do we model that I think think we try Mm -hmm. I mean you know I think uh I don't know I feel like that's the advice I would have for my son you know be a good guy be somebody you know who someone else deserves beautiful what about for her for her she's so strong and she's fiercely independent and she's completely different from her brother and I just want her to to stay that way I want her to be this loud and boisterous and joyful human you know I don't want 
her to sink into like teen angst and now she's like you know on the tail end of three and she's starting to get like a little attitude and I miss the the joyful energy that she had more often yeah well I I think that what you may be underplaying in terms of her development is that she is becoming musically gifted all right, but and I'm just talking about everything else. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I think that exuberance and musical gifts are directly related. Mm-hmm. And I think that with the creative power of both of our children as musicians, I think that their goodness will occur when they sing together. Mm-hmm. You know, you've heard the expression, the families that play together stay together. Mm-hmm. I think that the, the, the families that bring together sing together mm-hmm. you know and um, I would like to bring together both of those kids and I'm not the mom making the wish but I would like to bring them both together in music because I, I really think that if kids stay singing together they learn how to live in finish my sentence harmony see this is what happens when you're married you can finish each other's sentences and that's a beautiful thing, too. And that's kind of why I want to be able to sing with you, too. Just like I want to be able to sing with my friends. I want to be able to sing with you. Because I think that if we could either sing together or make music together or whatever. If you exercise together. But if you get me exercising with you and, and I get you singing or playing instruments with me. I think we'll just make a stronger family and a stronger network of friends. Mm-hmm. What do you think? That sounds good. You you into it? Mm-hmm. Am, am I on board? To, can you get me on on the hook mm-hmm. for more physical exercise? I can't. I can't hook you. You're gonna have to like reach out, and you're not. I need to hook myself. Mm, kind of. I need. I need to be. I've been hooked. dangling the hook in the water for years. Well, I don't know where your you're hook just is. swimming around blindly. I don't know where your hook mm, is. Pretty sure you do. I'll find your hook one day. Okay. This is going off topic. All right. But anyway, thank you for being on the show. And thank you for telling what you would wish for the kids. So just so we're clear, the boy has to know his kindness and know his influence. example. His influence. His example for his, his yeah, influence. influence. And the girl needs to never lose her happy exuberance her, I love that she's a strong woman she is already she's going to be a strong woman and I want her to to be a happy joyful singing as loud as she can in the middle of the lake forever well that's what I do yeah have you had complaints hmm. have you had complaints no. okay See, nobody complained about me yet, guys. I'm doing a good job. All right. Thank you, honey. Thanks for being on the program. Can I go to sleep now? Yeah, you can go to sleep. Good night. Good night. Bedtime for Bonzo. Mm-hmm. Good night. All right, I'm going to tell you something real. It is 1.36 a.m., and I'm sitting on my back porch and you can hear the beautiful sounds of the crickets and stuff and I have something really important to tell you tonight I got to interview somebody I haven't interviewed in 30 years 
Her name is Chris Kelly Joshi, and she was the cheerleader who was in all the accelerated classes in high school, and the only one, the only one of the cheerleading squad, I think, who was in all accelerated classes, but you know, guys, there might have been a couple others, and I will risk being corrected here just so that I know you're listening. So if you need to correct me, you need to jump in here and say, Rand, there were other cheerleaders in Cinnamonson High School between the years of 1990... No, sorry, 1989 to 1992... 1988 to 我是第一個人,但我覺得她是第一個人。我不知道,也許她是第一個人。我不知道,也許她是第一個人。我不知道,也許她是第一個人。我不知道,也許她是第一個人。我不知道,也許她是第一個人。我不知道,也許她是第一
One of them is my wife. And one of them is my 30-year friend. And I hope everybody understands why I selected them. So thank you for listening, and uh, please enjoy the segment with Chris. Welcome to American Unity Radio, and this is Dr. Randolph Shippon, and I am here with my longtime friend, Chris Kelly Joshi, right? Yes. And my whole life you've been Chris Kelly. That's okay. <laughs> but what do you prefer? I'll answer to either. You'll answer to either. Okay. So we're going to have to speak up, and let me tell you why. We're at the College of New Jersey, which is my alma mater, Okay. I graduated from here not only in uh, 1996, but also in 2002 with a master's degree in counseling, which is where I got my start in the clinical mental health field. And you also are a clinician. You could say. Okay, listen, it's radio, Chris. So when we do this... <laughs> You have to, like, make noises that indicate your expressions. Otherwise, they don't hear it. Okay. Where did you go to uh, Where did you go to school? I went to school at the University of Pennsylvania School of Nursing, and I've been working as a nurse ever since. Wow. Okay. And you're doing that for which health system? I'm currently at Capital Health Hopewell in Pennington, and I'm a maternity nurse. A maternity nurse. So what is that like for you how what what is it like to be the person who you're actually the person who helps the the mother after she has given birth correct i also take care of um antepartum patients which is prior to the delivery um if a mom is hospitalized with an illness or um a concern before they deliver and some some of those patients are there for just a few days for testing some of them stay with us long term and become basically like our friend on the unit and they live with us sometimes for weeks or even months there are mothers living with you for weeks or months yes i had no idea mm-hmm. i i feel completely ignorant mm-hmm. yeah some sometimes they're on bed rest or they just have something that's unstable about the pregnancy and it requires close observation because things could change rapidly and they need to be available to have um, quick intervention if, in case they need to deliver quickly. I have to tell you something. Um, one of the things that is uh, the most interest to me, both as a journalist, oh good, the air conditioner that we're actually stupidly sitting next to right now uh, just decided that it was going to stop doing what it's doing. So I'm very happy about that. <laughs> so we have a little bit more peace and quiet. Um, let me ask you something. Uh, how have your perspectives on healthcare changed? Today is uh, Sunday, the 30th of August. Uh, we're right about to roll the calendar into September 1st, which is, I guess September is the date I always associate with fall. What about you? Yes. Okay. And I love the fall. Do you love the fall? It's my favorite season. Your favorite season. You know what's interesting? I think it's my wife's favorite season, too. Jennifer, her her favorite season. And I think the reason it's my favorite season is the colors. What about you? 
I like the colors, I like the better temperatures, and I like that it is a time when people can come out of their house and enjoy being outside and have a sense of community. People are returning from their vacations. The town doesn't feel like a ghost town anymore. Mm -hmm. um, usually school's getting ready to start again and you see your friends again or you see your kids' friends, your parents, and you feel like life is getting back to normal. I love that. And uh, I'm also reminded, uh, and, and, and by the way, the reason why we are having this podcast is because we've discovered similar justice stories. And I don't have to talk about yours. I'm not even going to talk about yours. But one of the things that you've been to me during this time is a mentor in justice stories. Thank you. And I want to thank you for your understanding of things in this world. Um, things that I have yet to experience, you have already experienced. And I thank you for the knowledge and wisdom that you've transferred to me. And that I'm sure you've transferred to all of the women who uh, work with you on that unit. So I can't thank you on their behalf because I've not gone through the things that they've gone through. But I can at least thank, the, thank you because I know that they're probably grateful too. You're welcome. <laughs> so, so to you women who she's helped, you're welcome. And, um, and I'm sure that you had lots of women who helped you too. Yes. Who are some of the most important women or mothers who have helped you in your life? Be the, be the helper that you are for others. Well, I guess you could always say your, your family, your grandparents, your parents, um, grandmother and grandmother, I should say, um, aunt, my aunt, um, and the, the people that I work with, some of whom are mothers, some are not, but um, every day we're, when we come into work and, you know, it's about showing up, it's about being there and going through the chaos together. It's a very busy um, hospital with a combination of um, inner city and um, clinic, as well as private patients. And so we see a wide variety of different types of patients and scenarios. Um, the acuity of the patients has gotten much more um, intense um, than we've seen in years past, as well as the numbers increasing due to different changes in the environment related to healthcare. Um, but wait, before you go that route, before you talk about those healthcare changes, which may cause people to tune out, remember I'm running a nonpartisan okay. podcast. Okay. And so I think that there's a contingent of society, and I at times have been part of it, that hear a healthcare worker talk about the changes in healthcare and think, there they go again. Just like, do you remember when Jimmy Carter was debating with? Ronald Reagan and he was saying so Jimmy, Jimmy Carter is like a super smart guy right and he was saying something super smart and then Reagan rolled his eyes and he said there you go again <laughs> and it was like this famous moment I actually think that healthcare workers like us get that mm -hmm. all the time I think Probably. that we get this sort of like there you go again complaining about lack of resources lack of lack of PPE which, just so you know, we're in 2020, and it's in the middle of COVID-19. So if this is being heard historically, there's not enough 
personal protective equipment in the, in the world to go around right now in the United States. Would you agree with that assessment? Mm, that is probably accurate. Okay. I think How's the situation at your hospital right now? I think they're doing a pretty darn good job of making sure we have what we need to be safe and to keep our patients safe. I don't work in the storeroom, so I don't really have numbers, but um, you know they've, they've come through pretty well for us, and that's why I'm still there. Wow. Okay, well, that's that because, oh, that's very interesting. You just made an interesting point. What you didn't see and what I've seen my whole life is that when um, my friend Chris raises her eyebrows, she's making a point. And, <laughs> and the point that she just made, which, you know, she doesn't, she doesn't do this meaningfully out of respect to you when you're talking to her, but the point that she just made is she is grateful that her hospital is trying to protect the lives of the staff who work there because if they didn't, she would have a different assessment. Is yes. that fair to say? Yes. Okay. Without making a threat, you would have a different assessment. Yes. Period. Mm -hmm. That's justice. Right. That's the kind of thing I love when your words are precisely what you mean. Mm-hmm which is what we have to get better at with each other in this world because we have an awful lot of neighbors who don't understand each other anymore. And mm -hmm. I think that the reason they don't understand each other is because everybody thinks everybody else is lying. And maybe we should move uh, off the topic of lying to each other. How's that? Sure. <laughs> I think it's a good thing. All right. So, so I need to ask you a really important question. We are making history here. It's COVID-19. And I need to know what your assessment is of the American response on average to the novel coronavirus. Just as a person who's not a virologist, I understand it's not your field of specific expertise, but you're there, an Ivy League nursing graduate working at an Ivy League nursing hospital, yes? No. No. What are you working at? Which, which health system again? It's not affiliated with Penn. Um, but it's, it's called? It's Capital Health Hopewell. Capital Health Ho Hope Skill. Uh, Hope, Hopewell. I'm sorry about that. But there you are working at Capital Health, and this is a well-known organization. What is your assessment of the American seriousness with which we approach COVID-19? Well, I can say I'm pretty proud to say I, I live in New Jersey, and I think that our state has done a great job at decreasing the numbers of COVID patients, even though it was painful for many people, including small business owners and people who couldn't work or live their lives as they normally would. I think it all paid off in dropping the numbers down low enough to the point where we can, you know, feel safe. Hmm. Yeah, okay, so feeling relatively safe when we're outside as we are right now, right? Yes. Outside, in an open public space, but, but in a closed space, we have concerns still about things like viral load, right? Yes. Um, Vi viral load is the concept of how many particles per million of virus are actually in the air, right? I love that we have the noise disturbance, by the way, of other people walking by and stuff. It's yeah. actually part of the ambiance, I think. Uh -huh. 
Um, and even the crickets. Mm-hmm. Um, but And even the car that just made that horrible sound uh, uh, looked like he was speeding through a red light. Mm-hmm. Right? But I didn't see it. I just heard it with my ears. Um, tell me about... Um, Tell me about this 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 safety that you feel now in New Jersey. What, what what's making you of all people? Because I remember distinctly a picture of you on Facebook, covered in head to toe with PPE, with personal protective equipment because of the Corona nineteen virus. I'm sure that's not a look that you wanted in your healthcare career. Uh, yes and no. Um... It's a scary thing to have to work with someone who has an illness that, you know, could be contagious. And the good thing is um, they had the equipment available. There are some places that didn't have that much equipment or only one or two things. And our hospital had multiple things. And I'm grateful for that. Gratitude is the topic of my doctoral dissertation. Did you know that? You did mention it. I did mention it. Specifically, the topic of my... I think I mentioned it to you today. Earlier today, right? For the first time ever. For the first time in forever. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know that song? It's from Frozen 1. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Frozen 1. Didn't we once watch a Disney movie together when we were kids? We did. Tell me when you came to my house on Saxony Drive and Cinnamons and... I think it was The Little Mermaid. The Little Mermaid? Mm-hmm. You came to my house to watch The Little Mermaid? hmm Did we ever date? No. Ever? Nope. Did I ever ask you on a date? No. No. Just wanted to know. So you're at my house watching Little Mermaid. I don't have some of these memories. So you're... This is one I don't have. You're at my house watching The Little Mermaid... What did you like about that? It was a great musical. A great musical. Do you think music is helpful to human understanding? Yes. What makes you say that? Music, it puts feelings to words in ways that people may not be able to do just with words. That's correct. Do you think that music can be, in a way, a form of intimacy with another human being that doesn't cross any moral boundaries? It could be. It could be. Do you think that music and art teach people to communicate about things that they'll never do. Sure. It's it's sometimes it's almost like a form of acting. It could be. Um, or exploring different situations or feelings. It's a safe place. It's a safe no place. No one gets hurt. No one gets hurt. Even when people are getting hurt, no one gets hurt. Right. In other words, there's. it's not that we love violence, that we watch movies about violence. Sometimes we, we watch a movie about violence because we're trying to understand something. Right? 
I don't tend to like to watch movies about violence, but I know that people who do say they want to learn from it so they know what to look out for and what to avoid. What to avoid, what to look out for. Okay. All right. So that's good. That's good. That's good. So I have to tell you two very funny stories, audience, and I'm just going to share these funny stories with you. The first funny story is that we're here sitting behind Fruita Bowls at a table, which is a corridor, to another... It's outside, but there's an inside, outside part of the building that is a corridor to another table. And there was a young couple of friends, I guess, sitting at the other table, and they walked by us, and they saw that we were making a recording. And the young lady was talking, and the young man said... Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. (laughs) As they were walking by. And in that second that they walked by, I had the instantaneous analysis. And it was just an instantaneous analysis of, are they trying not to interrupt our recording? Or are they trying not to say something on recording because they know this is being recorded? Both. Both. (laughs) I love that. I love that. Okay, and the second funny thing that was, that happened was when I put down uh, Fruitables sold me, and by the way, it's a very nice location. Mm-hmm. If you want to come patronize Fruitables at the College of New Jersey, they'll actually let you buy stuff even though the, it looks like the campus is mostly closed mm-hmm. right now. They're still open, and this is a free advertisement for Fruitables. They didn't pay me to say this, uh, that... Um, They'll sell you stuff, and you can come here and sit at the tables and watch people run around the campus and listen to all kinds of over-loud cars that the college kids drive all around the campus. You can do it, too. All right. I want to ask you a question about um, music again. Do you still sing? Not professionally. Not Not professionally. That's cool. Not... (laughs) Okay, so this is my ukulele. That's a C chord. And this is a fife. This is the American instrument that goes with a fife and drum corps. It's just a six-finger piece of nickel. Do you like it? It's very nice. Do you know how much it costs? No. Can you guess? No clue. Come on, pick, take a guess. And you're not speaking loud enough for radio, Chris. And I know you can sing. So... <laughs> guess a couple hundred dollars a couple hundred dollars it's a piece of nickel it's a piece of nickel I really I don't know I've never purchased one amazon.com this is not an advertisement $18 (laughs) wow it's beautiful isn't it yeah it's nice and it makes a beautiful noise Mm -hmm. so um, when we were in school that song yes what was that song Jerusalem you're gonna have to speak up for the microphone Jerusalem 
Jerusalem, my happy home. Where do you know that song from? Chamber choir. What's chamber choir? It was the choir that we belonged to at Cinnamonson High School, and you had to try out for it. And we did performances on stage at the choral concert, as well as traveling to nursing homes and different um, churches and restaurants. Sometimes even a private family would have yeah. us sing for Christmas, mm -hmm. right? Yes. We won't say who. <laughs> we don't know how that will be regarded. But we know that a private family did hire the Cinnamonson High School Chamber Choir mm -hmm. around the years 1989, 1990, 1991, 1992. Would you, mm -hmm. would you agree with that statement? Yes. Mm -hmm. um, what part did you sing? Soprano. Soprano one or two? Two. Soprano too. And um, did you know that when people play instruments like the ukulele, they have to sing at a different pitch than the instrument? No. You can't have something that's a low note and also sing it in a, the same low note and expect to be heard. So like, if I sing that, I can't be heard because the ukulele is already producing those sounds, I, I at least have to be able to come off the sound, either with octaves, right? Uh, at a higher octave, I could come off the sound, or a lower octave. Or I could just make my voice sound radically different from the sound of the instrument itself, which would allow the wavelength of the sound to travel off of the wavelength that already exists which is why you have to pair together sopranos, altos, tenors, basses, so that you can have the full range of the scale. Because if you wanna make something really beautiful, you take not just a solitary melody, but you put a harmony with it, and it sounds beautiful together. And that was always the gift that you gave to me because we used to sing together in what was, I, I mean, I recall it as an exceedingly small group Mm -hmm. how, t how many people were in the chamber choir? I want to say between 16 and 20. Something like that, yeah. Okay, because I figure th maybe two or three basses, maybe four tenors, maybe three or four soprano ones, twos, alto ones, twos, but it was a pretty small group. Mm -hmm. I mean, I would say not more than a handful of kids, right? Right. 12, 16 somewhere like in that. that neighborhood yeah 16 sounds like justice to me mm -hmm. what do you what about to you it's about right okay mrs constance zofi was our director and um what was that like let's remember mrs mrs zofi for a minute uh i don't i confess i don't know if she's around do you know if mrs zofi is still with us I think so. I think so too, because the last I heard, Mrs. Catman had passed away, right? She did. You didn't know. No, okay. I didn't know. So Mrs. Roberta Catman was oh, a wonderful sad. teacher in the in the town of Cinnamonson, and I believe that she passed away. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. I'm sorry to hear that too, because it was her emphasis on the English language that got me into every school that I've ever gotten into. Did was Mrs. Catman your English teacher? She was. She was very tough. Say it again. She was very tough. She was my teacher. Did you ever get red ink on your essays? 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> a whole lot of it. Do you know I never saw a murder until she ever, <laughs> until she marked up one of my pages? <laughs> I feared that woman. <laughs> well, what if I told you that she was my across-the-street neighbor? I know. And rode me to school every day of my life. I could tell she, she liked you. Well, she, she was, she taught me all the wisdom of the ages in those car rides. She taught me the best way to learn something is to teach it. That was a lesson directly from Mrs. Roberta Catman. Mm -hmm. She taught me to do something before I think I can. That was a lesson from Mrs. Roberta Catman, who was also the director of the drama club. Mm -hmm. And I was in every musical. And weren't you in some musicals too? No, I was part of the stage crew once. You were part of the stage crew once. Mm -hmm. That's like... I don't know. Can we just have an honest discussion about why you wouldn't be on stage? Is it the cheerleader factor? I did do cheerleading, and it, 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 the time commitment interfered with, for, for practice, interfered with the practice time for the drama For drama club. club, because drama club was intense. There were a lot of rehearsals. Mm -hmm. Plus, I was doing chamber choir. Which was intense, and there were a lot of rehearsals. Mm -hmm. Didn't we have to meet early in the morning for chamber choir? 7 a.m., 7.05. 7.05 a.m. every day. Mm -hmm. Every day, or just a couple times a week? I think it was twice a week. It seemed like it was but every day. when it was close to a big performance, it was more than twice a week. Maybe it was three times a week. It was a lot. I feel like I spent my whole life in that choir mm -hmm. room. And then sometimes after school, Yes. And then in the evenings, 7.05 in the evening. Oh, my God. That's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. What were we working toward that, that was so important that we would be up every morning doing stuff like that? We wanted a beautiful sound. We wanted a beautiful sound. Did everybody just hear that? We wanted a beautiful sound. I don't purport to be able to make beautiful sounds. I think if you think I do, you're misunderstanding me, world. All I want to do is maybe make beautiful sounds with some other people. I don't need to be the star. I don't even need to make the sound myself. I just want to be involved, which is probably the reason you were in stage crew. Because it was the time commitment that you could actually handle mm -hmm. being part of something that was great, which was the stage productions of shows. Right? Right. But and while, I could do but, some homework behind the scenes. <laughs> <laughs> you could do homework. Yeah. And, and that's a fascinating. I've never even thought of it. The, of course. You're back there and you don't need to be moving things every minute mm -hmm. because there's actually things happening on the stage. I did my best studying that, that time when I was part of the stage group. Wow. <laughs> I made flashcards and Kara and I used to quiz each other. Kara. Oh, your friend Kara. Of course. And I... Okay, so here's, here's what I'm rambling toward. What is making a beautiful sound? It could be anything. It could be anything, she said, before the car went by. We're not in a studio, everybody. I told you where we are. A bus just went by, an actual New Jersey transit bus. Okay, so what is making a beautiful sound for? 
or being an extraordinary cheerleader for that matter, which you didn't get any credit for in this conversation yet. Thanks, she said barely. She barely <laughs> even vocalized it. She, these, these cheerleaders were the, the athletes of today before there were athletes of today. I, I think the that. cheerleading program was ahead of its time. Mm. It was in transition. Okay. But there was some pretty heavy athletics happening in that cheerleading program. Well, that was debatable depending on who you spoke to. All right. Well, I don't want like to get like our into English that. teacher who told me to write a position paper, and and uh, I uh, my position paper was about why cheerleading is a sport, and he disagreed with me, and um, I said, okay, I will I will prove to you why it's a sport. So I wrote a paper, and I remember standing up in class and giving him my points about it, and uh, he he was quiet after that. He was quiet after that. <laughs> you achieved not your right applause, 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 but you achieved the sweet sound of silence, as as um, Simon and Car- Garfunkel put it. You achieved something Either sacred. Either that, or he was laughing silently to himself. But he just was glad somebody took the time to write something <laughs> <laughs> about something they cared about. <laughs> well, good. Well, good. It sounds like you served it well. I hope. <laughs> you hope. Yeah, ever ever the humble person. What do you like to sing? Mm, I don't know. It depends on the situation. I don't know. What's the situation? We got we got COVID-19. We what else is going on in the world that we don't like? We have a we have a something in the White House. I don't know if they can get it out of the carpet. What uh, what else is happening <laughs> in the world right now? What else is happening? Are we free? No. We're not free. Why are we not free? Well, you just said it. You know, there's, there's something going on in the White House. There's a pandemic. There's division within our country about that. There's division about a lot of things. And... It weighs on people, if they let it. That's the top of my ukulele. My my son started to experiment with this sound. He's brilliant, you know. He's a really smart kid. Because it's not really a sound that you're supposed to play on the ukulele, but... It could be something from like a horror film. And as you were talking about the things that are happening in this country, I was like getting tense, you know? And I just thought about him playing these awful sounds. That sounds like it could be from a horror film, doesn't it? That's what you can do with sound. You can paint pictures in other people's imaginations, which is exactly what this president does all the time. And either it's a beautiful picture for some of us, or it's a horrible picture for others. But the one thing that we all have in common is he's painting pictures using our own brains because he has the skills of an entertainer. All right? Isn't he He a good entertainer? Yes. Yes. Fabulous, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like, you don't want him to be in any way responsible for carving the turkey at Thanksgiving. He'll not do a great job carving the turkey but he could entertain you while talking about carving the turkey yes yes would you trust him to carve the turkey 
Probably not. Uh-uh. I would not. I would not. I don't want anything powerful like a knife or the U.S. military <laughs> in his hands. Right? Yeah, but... But that's the law of the land. He's right. the He's the duly elected president of the United States. So then the only weapon you have in a world where... Oh, there go the machines. In a world where you don't know if the vote is going to work... <clears throat> We don't know if the vote worked in 2016, do we? We don't know. What happened? This is history, Chris. He got elected. He got elected how? Did we vote for him? People did. People did, but actually three million more people voted for the other person, Hillary Clinton. Is that interesting to you? Yeah. I thought it was one person, one vote, and then they, they, they surprised me. They told me we had this thing since the establishment of the Republic called the Electoral College, mm-hmm. which gave the presidency to somebody who didn't win the election. I mean, funny, right? It's, it's funny. It's a little confusing. And it happened with George Bush and, and Al mm-hmm. Gore before in yeah. 2000, right? Yeah. I wore black for weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I wore black for weeks. So... Here's what I think. I think that the only thing that works in this world is entertainment. Mm -hmm. The only thing that works in this world is getting people's attention. So if you could write a song, Chris, and I'm not asking you to sing it. If you could write a song about what you want the world to know about anything, but particularly about healthcare and the state of the world that we're in right now and the state of our minds right now, because I know you're not a psychologist like me, but you have intimate experience with the state of mind of every single mother that comes through your ward. Every single mother, not single mothers. Don't misunderstand the musicality of what I say. But every single mother that comes through your ward you intimately understand the mind of. (laughs) Mm -hmm. True? Somewhat. Tell me what we should be doing in this country. Be kind to one another. Be kind to ourselves. Take good care of ourselves and each other. Because we only have this one life. We have this one body. And we have to do the best that we can to make it work. Thank you. That was better than anything that I could ever sing. Sometimes you don't have to sing in order to sing with someone. You just have to listen to that person tell the truth. Which you do exceedingly well and have done exceedingly well your whole life. And honestly, truth tellers have more problems than people who lie. Has that been your experience? The people who do the right thing very often get punished more than people who do the wrong thing? Yes. Mm -hmm. Me too. I'm a guy with rheumatoid arthritis and lupus who probably has it because I've listened to the problems of the world for, well, it's going on, and this is a little ironic in my life for reasons I will not disclose. It's going on eight years, and I'm tired. I can't listen to people's problems anymore. So now I've just decided that it's time to fix them so I don't have to hear them anymore. And the way to fix them, I really believe this, is to start listening to each other. Instead of our media 
And instead of our politics and our sides and our sometimes it's even our churches, I don't know. It's it's all kinds of people who want to tell you what to think. And I think it would be great to tell people not to think anything but what they think. What do you think? <laughs> she looked at me so surprised. Do you want me to come back at you with that in a slower form? <laughs> Is it okay, Chris, my friend, for 30 years? I'm asking you this question in public. Is it okay to tell people whatever you think is okay? It's what you do that matters. That's a good question. Well, I want to hear your answer. Some people don't want to hear what you really think. They want to hear you say what they think. Okay, fair point. But is it okay? I'm just asking as a human rights issue. Mm -hmm. Is it okay for you to tell another human being? You can think whatever you want to think. You just have to keep your 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 relationships and your um, your actions within the boundaries of what the world considers to be right. And there's a certain amount of bowing down to the conventions of society that is required by authentic relationships, but it can never get to the level of what you think or say. It can only get to the level of what you do. In other words, artists have an unlimited right to free speech. Mm -hmm. Right? Right. We can't tell Britney Spears what to put in the song, which is a good thing. Because as we were talking about earlier today while we were on our way to meet here, Britney Spears doesn't do anything in her artistic work by accident. Mm -hmm. Everything is intentional to the very misspellings of the songs that she writes. She intentionally misspells things. Mm -hmm. I think that's pretty important because the artist is trying to communicate with you about things that you don't really want to hear about. So what Britney Spears is famous for doing in every single one of her songs is pulling you in with a conversation that you thought you were going to have with her and then telling you a completely different story. And you can hear it in every single song that you think you're stereotyping Britney Spears is singing because she already stereotyped you for listening. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the kind of art and humor that I'm interested in. And the fact that I can get a laugh out of you for that, that's like everything to me. So thank you. Thank you sure. for that. How do we fix the country? What do you think about maybe more art education, more music education, more, more education in general? How's our education system doing? Could we do better? I think more education in general always sounds good but right now with a pandemic of course there are issues with that that every teacher is agonizing over and parents and students as well um, but in some ways it's also forcing everyone to think outside the box and become more creative too do you think that the creativity is going to lead to a parental level of involvement in education um, that is, uh, at least in our lifetimes, heretofore unknown. 
Do you think a lot of people are going to be more concerned with doing some education at home now? I think so. I think that trend already started prior to this with the, the homeschooling yeah. that people have been doing. And I've, I've worked with some people who have been homeschooled and they have such a vast education about things that are different than what you normally do in, in the school. Um, and in that respect, they seem like they are further educated. And then there are some people who also have, have done homeschooling and felt that they've been behind when they transitioned to an in-school. It's interesting. Learning. What do you think about a more educated public? I think in general, it, it would be a great thing. So did Benjamin Franklin. Benjamin Franklin founded the Free Library of Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. You knew that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she knows, because our town of Cinnaminson is right across the river from Philadelphia. You can actually, there are certain parts of Route 130 that you can see the bridge, right? Yes. Which bridge is that? The Betsy Ross Bridge. The Betsy Ross that we can see from Route 130, right? Mm-hmm. Not now. Just to be clear, I'm at 2000 Pennington Road, the College of New Jersey, which used to be Trenton State College, sitting behind... Uh, a, a, a series of buildings that I didn't even know existed. And I regret to report, I think they dug up a lake. There is still a lake here. There's one, but there used to be two. Oh. It used to be um, Lake Siva and Lake Silva, and I don't know which one is left. Do you? No. No. Okay. Sure. So I asked her. Okay. There was somebody walking by with a cage, but she naturally assumed that we weren't talking to her. Okay. okay. Anyway, there aren't people walking around with cages here normally, just so you know. I think it's somebody who's moving in to a residence. Okay. That's not like something they do, is cage people at the College of New Jersey. I just want to be really clear <laughs> that that cages is not part of the collegiate experience here. Um, all right. So how do we fix this country? That's a loaded question. <laughs> a loaded question. <laughs> I think it's a work in progress and I think every day we have to just try to be more patient and understanding with one another, try and appreciate people for who they are, where they come from and look for the good in everyone and stop looking at the bad and the different. Just look for the good. Look for the good. You know, it interests me that you say that because there is a tape and I want to put it in the program notes um, for this um, episode of a 109-year-old woman by the name of Alice Hertz Summer, who is interviewed at that time at 109 years old. And what she says is exactly what you said when asked the reason for her longevity. 109 years old, this woman lived through the Holocaust and went on to become a noted classical pianist, a musician. And she said, when the interviewer had to speak up because she had difficulty hearing him, and he said, what is the secret to your longevity? What is the secret to how you got to 109 years old? And after, you know, and she, he didn't even have to say, after surviving the Holocaust, after literally losing everybody in the Holocaust. And this classical pianist at 109 years old turns to him and looks at him like he's stupid and says, optimism, have to stay happy. 
I know about the bad thing, but I look to the good thing. Would you say that's a pretty good prescription for living a long life? Definitely. Definitely. So do I. I think I think a 109-year-old Holocaust survivor has it pretty much all locked up. Right? I agree. Well, I, I want to post that on the podcast. And I think that that sounds like justice to me. That sounds like a fair consideration, whether you're right, left, up, down, wrong, inside out, black, blue, polka dot. <laughs> I think whoever you are... It's good to look to the good. Right? Yes. Not the bad. Yes. Not always the bad. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. And and would you say that that would be a fair thing to say to children everywhere? Is You know, not just in the United States, but like every child everywhere on the planet. Look for the positive, not the negative. You'll live longer. If you look to the positive, not the negative. Do you think that's a fair thing to say? Definitely. Even as a human health person? Definitely. That if you keep optimism in your body, you're likely to do better? Yes. Me too. Me too, me too, me too. We can agree and thank you. And you know what I'm not going to do right now? You know what I'm not going to do right now. What? Can you say? No. What? I'm not going to force you to sing. <laughs> The reason I'm not going to force you to sing is I know that you're going to want to rehearse first. (laughs) And the reason why I know that is because you've rehearsed first. By the way, those words have an odd sound to them. They go together. Rehearsed first. Right? There's a musicality to those words together. Um, You've rehearsed first your whole life. Mm -hmm. Haven't you? Yes. Didn't you just take a series of tests to rehearse for something else? Mm-hmm. For your career mm-hmm. as a nurse, mm-hmm. rehearse, nurse. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I do this all the time. I rhyme. Mm-hmm. I did it again. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was great catching up with you today. Thank you Me so much too. for coming on the program, and thank you for being part of my programming because you were part of my programming so many years ago when we sat across from a library table chatting in front of the librarian and the librarian pretended that she wasn't listening but I think she might have (laughs) but I don't know so if Mrs. Kushner if you're out there (laughs) listening to this uh, Chris Kelly and I want to know if you were eavesdropping on our conversations and we're not even mad about it you're not mad about it are you? No. Not mad about it okay Mrs. Kushner All right. I loved singing with you in the choir and I'll talk to you soon hope you can come on the program soon and so does Chris right? Is it? Sure. It would be nice (laughs) okay it would be nice thank you so much Chris for doing this with me today you're welcome I really appreciate you and I just wish the best for you and your family and everybody in your life and I just hope that everybody in your life knows how proud they should be of you because just as your friend who hasn't seen you in a while I'm very proud of you and the person you are and I think you should be too thank you that's high praise and I appreciate you okay talk to you soon and welcome uh, to the next episode Uh, we're going to be having some talks about something else completely random but I know one thing and I know that you're going to hear more music on this program and you're going to hear more people from Cinnaminson like Chris and I hope that you'll think about joining our program too by tuning into American Unity Radio AmericanUnityRadio.com listening on whatever podcast machine you have just say 
play the latest episode of the American Unity Radio podcast and your virtual assistant should do it for you. And um, I, I really hope to hear from all of you soon. And Chris, would you consider coming back on the program for, I don't know, anything ever again? Sure. You would? If we rehearse first. <laughs> <laughs> if we rehearse first. She said it. Okay, you have the proof that this is a person who has standards. All right. <laughs> Talk to you soon, and, and, and thank you again, Chris. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. All right, bye. Okay, so I told you there were going to be two mothers on this podcast. I lied. I, I don't lie. I don't lie by um, intention. I learned from my brother actually taught me not to lie because sometimes if you lie, then you'll um, actually start to <sighs> you start to believe your lies. And, you know, he was right because I tried it a couple times in my life and it, he was right. So he was right. So um, my goal here is not to lie, but to tell the truth always. But sometimes I don't get to the truth fast enough. So here we are. The real truth of this podcast today, this episode, which is about mothers, is that there's a third mother I wanted to interview. And I didn't even ask her permission because it would embarrass her to have to say no to me. And it's my own mother, okay? It's my own mother because she's not well, see? And because she's not well, she's not able to answer my questions maybe for the radio right now. But there will come a time, I believe this in my heart, when she's able to answer all the questions for us in a way that she would like to do it, whether it's written or whether it's something that her daughters say for her as a written statement. Um, because, you know, my, da- my, my daughters, I almost said my daughters, my sisters are angels of truth. And so they would read my mother's words if she were able to communicate them to her or to either one of my sisters in a way that made sense so I hope that statement just made sense because I know I made some errors in it but the truth is my mother can come on the show anytime she wants I just haven't asked her because I feared that she would get upset if she had to say no to her son so here's the deal I want to put my mother I can't since I can't talk for my mom I wanted to put my, a song to my mom on the podcast so you can kind of all get a sense of where I'm coming from. And here's the funny thing. I don't even care if you're listening. <gasps> you know, when you have a radio show, you can't say things like that because you want everybody to listen. But for me, I'm talking to some people in particular in this world who are suspicious of my intentions in this world. Anyone who is. I don't even know who you are, probably. But here it is. I am being completely sincere in everything I'm telling you. And that's the funny part to me, is that I don't know how to be dishonest because 
I learned my lessons too well in that regard. So you're going to hear a song to my mom that my mom has never heard. And I know that's not fair either. But I'm not always fair. I just aspire to be fair. Okay? I just aspire to be fair. Because I'm a civil servant. And all of my kind are. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, maybe you should keep listening. All right. Thanks for listening.
my chords and I'm gonna sing even with the minor chords even with the ones that you don't want me to sing even the chords you don't want me to sing I've gotta sing my chords States again, and we're going to use justice. We're going to use justice. We're going to use music, and we're going to use justice. We're using justice even when I'm stuck in the tree of liberty. I'm gonna fly my way out of here I don't have any fear I have the wings, I have the torch I'm not sitting on a porch I've taken wing To my mommy I sing To my mommy I sing taken wing and that's a beautiful thing to my mommy I sing to my mommy I sing to my mommy I sing and I have taken wing I love you mom It's totally the end of this program, and thank you for listening. I haven't heard the whole program yet. What I do, if anyone's curious, because I don't know if anyone is, when you make a program like this, the hard part is not actually doing the technical work. That takes seconds now with programs like Anchor, uh, which is available on Android and on um, iPhone, and I said that out of order of my preference. So, go to anchor.fm. I'm advertising for them for free. I don't even care anymore. Because it's such an elegant way to podcast. So I think you should try it. Because if I'm audacious enough to have a voice, you should too. That's the point, people. It's not about me being special. It's about you being special. Duh. Okay, well, I know you all know that. I'm not insulting you. I'm insulting the person who... He's listening with an ear where he's not so sure I was ever even real. So anyway, uh, I'll talk about that maybe someday in a novel or a movie. 
In the meantime, what you just heard were uh, things about three women who are the moms in my life. Three moms in particular of note as the situation stands. And the three moms of note are my wife and my mother and the only girl who seemed to notice me in high school and still notices me now. But just like everything angelic, my motivations are not what you think they are. Three is the mark of the angel, not the beast. Eight is the mark of the beast. Infinity is. Be suspicious of infinity. Be suspicious of attachment. Be suspicious of anybody who tries to enslave your mind and heart. If you are not free, you are not free. And that is why I claim in liberty this new thing called nonpartisanship, which is actually a very old thing because George Washington also wanted you to have nonpartisanship. Why am I passionate about this? This sounds like crazy talk. He just did this beautiful thing with the mothers and now he's talking about nonpartisanship. Moms of the universe, please tune into the sound of my voice just for a second. I know it's this shitty little Jewish voice. I know. I know. It's just like nothing you want to hear anywhere outside a bar mitzvah. I know. I know you were expecting a chocolate fountain. I know you were expecting, uh, you know, definitely that hokey goblin music song that's the Hora, right? Where we all go, um, you know, Hava, Nagila, Hava, Nagila, Hava, Nagila, Venus, Maha. It's not a bar mitzvah, folks. Moms of the universe, I'm asking you to not come to my bar mitzvah. I already know I'm a son of the commandment. I don't know who else actually believes in the commandments because I know one person who broke all of them at once. And the eye of God is in a triangle and triangles come in threes. And when you are devoted to three people at once, it might not be a scandal. It might just be the truth. And I'm devoted to my mother, and I'm devoted to my wife, and I'm devoted to the woman who aspires to be my best friend and creative director. At the same time, my wife aspires to be my best friend and, well, the center of my universe, which she is. So, <laughs> we're building something amazing here. We're building a media company called American Unity Radio because I finally believe in something which is telling the truth and I'm a trained journalist and a trained psychologist and I think it's about time I start putting my powers to use don't you? so I am calling 
this session to order and convening the court of truth. Come on my program and tell yours. And even if your truth disagrees with my truth or the truth of anybody else on my program, come on my program. You know who you are. And I will hear you out in the court of truth. My program is American Unity Radio, and I don't care what it is you want to talk about with me. I just want to hear American voices who agree that being neighborly is more important than being divided because this place is called the United States of America. It's something passionate for me. I want to leave the United States to my children, and no, I'm not running for president because I'm not going to make it, folks. So, I just want to leave this place a better place. So if you want to be on my show, let me know. It's AmericanUnityRadio.com And I am so grateful, grateful, grateful that you're my listener. Thank you for listening. It means a lot. Have a good night. And please contact us anytime to be on the show. Good night.